good morning. It's good to see you. Oh, good response. It's really good to see you, to see people. It's good to see people. Hey, those of you who are online watching us today, hello. We hope you're feeling all right, and thanks for keeping it at home, if that's why you're staying at home today. Um, if you happen to be a first-timer, welcome. We're really glad that you are here today and that you're a part of, of uh, what we have going on here at the Porch Community Church. Uh, we are in this series called The Bible, which is a very big, sweeping, ginormous way to look at a, a message series and go, what are we going to talk about? Last week, we said, well, what is the Bible? What, what is it exactly? And we talked about the role that, that God had humanity play in putting it together. And then, of course, just God's purposes in it. I encourage you to go back and, and watch that or listen to that if you missed last week's message. Um, today we're going to ask this question, actually we're, the question's asked, we're going to look at the answer, which is, what do we do with the Bible? Which might seem like a really weird thing to ask, like what do you do with the Bible? What do we do with this? Um, before we get into that, I do want to say this, I, um, we have a whole lot of um, young women this weekend who are on what is called the Chrysalis uh, weekend, the flight, the, it's kind of like the walk to Emmaus, Chrysalis, they're all very similar. It's a 72-hour weekend opportunity to just, I, I call it like stepping outside of the world. And so we have a lot of girls who are on that walk this weekend. And then we have a lot of students and adults who are serving this weekend out there. So there is a big number Uh, 30-something, I think, that are out there. And then there's going to be some this coming weekend who are doing the same. And then the weekend after that, we've got guys. And so I'll tell you, the Porch Community Church is very involved with this weekend. And so would you be praying for these students and for these adults who are serving and working, um, who are being the hands and feet of Jesus? And it is, I would say, it's one of those uh, types of experiences that, uh, that many people have had, that it's, it becomes one of those moments that they look back on and go, wow, like God spoke to me, God released some stuff, like God opened my eyes, my life is different because of that experience. And so be praying for this weekend and the fruit that comes and and the the journey that continues from from this weekend. So I just want to mention that um, because I know we have a lot that would be here in worship right now if they weren't out there and part of that. So so, uh, the question, what do we do with the Bible? Weird. Some of you go, uh, we reread it, Shannon. And, and I get that. I mean, I know that's the answer. And I don't want to make us feel bad. And I don't want to, like, kick you in the shins or anything. But if the answer to the question, what do we do with the Bible, if your answer is, well, we read it, then my next question will be is, are you reading it? Right? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kick you. I didn't mean to do that. I don't want to make you feel bad. I mean, maybe some of y'all are like, yes, I am. So that's great. But like, you know, what do we do with the Bible? Because I honestly think that many people, unless someone says, okay, let's turn to this book and this chapter and this verse, or unless the reading plan tells us to go and read this, or unless our devotional book tells us to do this, and if we're lucky, it already has the Bible verse printed, so we don't even have to look it up. Like, a lot of us don't know what to do with the Bible. 
So I think to start with this, sometimes when you ask a question like, what do you do? Sometimes it's really good to take a step back and go, what do we not do? So I want to I wanna exclude a couple of things. I want to take some things off the table that, that I find that, that some of us, some people do with the Bible, and we don't want to do that because that's not what it's for. But here's some things we don't do with the Bible before we answer what we do. A couple of things. First of all, let's rule this out. We don't use the Bible to exclude people. The Bible is a Bible written for every single person on this planet who is drawing breath into their lungs. God wants to speak to them. So it's not a, it's not a members only kind of deal, okay? The Bible is for everyone. We don't use the Bible to exclude. We don't use the Bible to shame people. Oh my goodness, but that gets done. We don't do that. We don't use the Bible to silence other voices. But it certainly happened. We don't wield the the Bible. We don't wield scripture like it's a weapon of some sort to to harm other people. And, And we don't use... We don't use scripture as a means to control, and we certainly shouldn't use it to, to manipulate. But that's exactly what, what can happen. Jesus actually pushed back against, righteously so, but, but harshly, firmly, he pushed back against, against the, the religious leaders who were using the scriptures to do those things, to exclude and shame and silence and harm and control and manipulate. He, he was like, no, you, you can't do that. That's not what this is for. And these were people who knew the Torah. They knew every letter of his word. They knew the, the writings of the prophets. They knew the books of wisdom that were available to them. And yet they used it to cause harm instead of to bring about healing. And he spoke out against that. So that's what we don't do with the Bible. Here's what we do. And it's, it's an important question. Okay. I, I, again, I, I know it might sound weird to you, but this is an actually a very important question. I've got numbers to back up. How many people are wondering what should they do with the Bible? Let's watch this real quick. Okay, first of all, there's a fly on the screen. Does anyone else notice that? <laughs> it's not part of the video. Yeah. So, Franklin, you want to try and climb up there and get that dude? No? Okay. Katie's like, please don't ask my son to do that. He will shimmy up there real quick. Second of all, I, I, I'm a little bit like, uh, you know, proud mom of my daughter, Mallory, made that video. Uh, she's been meeting with Ashley Fondren uh, every week and working on, like, media and and. and coming up with like video ideas and stuff like that and so we were she and I were sitting in in my bedroom several weeks ago talking about this topic and the series and everything and and she like just knocked this thing out like on her iPad and then she and Ashley got together and cleaned it up and everything but 
These are real questions. These are things people want to know. I mean, hundreds and thousands of Google searches and YouTube searches of people wanting to know, to understand, to, uh, to, to figure this out. I mean, here, a Barna poll recently um, was asked, and it said that, that 58% of American adults were like, I wish I read the Bible more. You know, I mean, that's like, people are like, I, it's this, we have this, but what do we do with this? The, I mentioned um, the Bible app last week, the YouVersion Bible app. They put out some, some numbers from 2021 that are astounding to me. 55.8 billion chapters were read through the Bible app last year in 2021. That is amazing, right? So people are taking this in. 8.2 billion audio chapters have been listened to, right? One point, I love, if you're part of a reading plan with the Bible app, listen to this. You're part of this number. 1.4 billion Bible plan days have been completed in the reading. So people are wanting to take this in. They're reading this. Bible Gateway, which is my um, personal choice for like, uh, online message prep because I can look at a lot of different versions at one time and word studies. It has close to three million searches a day about the scriptures. What do we do with the Bible? There is a desire, there is a, a hunger, a need for us to say, what do we do with this? How do we take this information in? So I will answer on the very, very, very basic level of the question, what do we do with the Bible? And it's this. We learn to understand it. We start to learn to understand it. Well, what does that mean? We learn to understand it. Listen to what Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, because this explains that answer of understanding it. Because there is something here to be understood. There is something here of, of um, immense power and, and knowledge and, and authority. And this is what Colossians 3.16 says. It says, let the message about Christ, so that's God's word, that's our understanding of who God is, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Right, it's not some empty thing, it's not an empty document, it's not just some, some laws like here, follow steps one through ten. Like, no, this is, a, this is rich and it can fill your life. And then it says, Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So there's wisdom in God's word. And then it says, sing psalms, which are words in our scriptures, right? And hymns, which are based on our scriptures. And spiritual songs. And do this, sing this to God with thankful hearts. What do we do with the Bible? Well, Colossians 3.16, we, we allow it. To, we allow this, this rich, fulfilling, wisdom-packed, worship-inducing message of Christ. We, we let it fill our lives. That's what we do with the Bible. We let it fill our lives. And listen, I don't know what you are filling your life with, but if we're filling it with many other things, then we are, we're taking up space that God's word could be taking up in our minds, in our hearts, in our focus, in everything about us. 
You talk about here, it's, it's rich and it's fulfilling and it's full of wisdom. What do we do with the Bible? See, there is a complexity to this most widely distributed and, and best-selling book of all time, the Bible. There is complexity to it. You know when, and I don't know if many of you do this anymore, but you go to a bookstore and, and you go in there and, and based on what you want to read determines where you go in that, or what you want to get, it determines where you go in that, in the bookstore, right? Right, if you want children's literature, you go this way. If you want, you know, like comics, you go over there. You want history, you want travel, you want health, you want religion, you want fiction, nonfiction, all these things, right? You know where to go in the bookstore because there's all these different genres that are in there available to you, right? Listen, when you and I hold the Bible in our hands, and it is bound as a book, I want to tell you that from Genesis to Revelation, it's not just one genre. Like, it's not just, this is a nonfiction historical record. Or some people might say, oh, it's all fiction. It's all made up, right? It doesn't matter what your opinion is of it. It is not one genre. So what do we do with the Bible? I say very, very simply, very basically, we need to understand it. We need to, we need to put in a little bit of work to understand what all the Bible has for us. I think at some point that that's something that we should do. If we've been on the journey of faith for any amount of time, we start to go, hey, what is the depth to this? What is the deeper understanding here? I mean, how many of us go on, we go down deep, deep rabbit holes like Facebook stalking somebody or finding out something or reading something or some YouTube video and then we watch this one and that one and then we watch one and it pulls up the side. Oh, I'm going to watch this one too. I mean, we'll go, we'll go 30 minutes, an hour, two hours down some rabbit hole trying to find out where that person works or whatever. I don't do that. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, I'm just saying that might be something than the other people do, but, but like, what are we doing with God's word? Like, are we going that deep on that? Are we, are we checking that out? Are we looking at, at what's the context? What's the background? What genre is this written in? Why was this written? When was this written? Who was it distributed to? Like how many of us are kind of nerding out on that? We'll, we'll do a lot of that for other things. Man, we need to understand the Bible, what do we do with it? We need to understand it. And I know that might sound more difficult for some than others, but, but there is a, like Colossians 3 says, there is a richness to God's word. There is a fullness to his word that, and, and please hear me, I'm not saying that, that, that the Holy Spirit is incapable of, of revealing God's word to us and revealing it in a way that, that we could never, I mean, yeah, there's sentence structure and everything there, but there's something that happens in our spirit. Of course, of course. But I do think there is a, a part that we play in understanding God's word. So I want to talk for a minute in just one example of how we can understand God's word better. One example. There's so many the genres, like I mentioned, the bookstore. There's so many different genres. There are so many different ways in which the Bible is presented to us, okay? Um, here's, here's why I say that, because the prophecy of the book of Isaiah, for example, is not going to give us the narrative details of the history of Israel like we would find in the book of Kings or Chronicles, 
That's just not, that's not how it's written. It's a prophetic word. Or, or the epistle of 1 Corinthians, like to understand that when we read that, we're actually reading one side of a two-sided conversation because they had actually posed some questions to Paul and he's responding to those questions. He's responding to a situation. Like for us to understand that helps us in our reading of it and our taking it in and applying it to our lives. So I want to list, I want to share with you kind of the major genres. There are more, but these are the the main ones of the scriptures that you and I have from Genesis to Revelation. First, there is the narrative. Okay, there's narrative. That's the, it's just, it's telling the story of what happened, right? Exodus, the series we just did not too long ago. It's an epic narrative of what transpired, Um, Ruth, the book of Ruth, it focuses on the narrative of one particular family story, okay? The the book of Acts, it tells the the spectacular events of of the first generation church. Like it's a narrative story of what's going on. Now, there's also, that's one genre, so narrative. Then there's poetry, of course. We see that in in the Psalms and, and a few other sections of other books, but we see this, this poetic expression, this artistic expression of, of ideas and emotion and worship that comes out. And there's truth in that. But that is one genre that we find in the Bible. And to understand that helps us in how we read it. There's also wisdom. That's a narrative. I mean, a, excuse me, a genre of, of the Bible. That you've got Proverbs. You've got Job, Ecclesiastes, um, I think uh, there's the book of James. Book of James in the New Testament is much like what you would find with um, the Proverbs in the Old Testament. It's like a New Testament version, but it's just full of these wise, wise sayings, and they're meant to help us. I mean, my goodness, if you need some wisdom about how you speak and how you think and then how you act, <laughs> the wisdom books are phenomenal, and that is a genre found in our Bible. To understand that helps us. There's prophecy. There's prophecy. There's the four major prophets. There's Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel. And then there's the 12 minor prophets from Hosea through, um, through Malachi. And all of them are, are people who have been chosen by God to speak to his covenant people. That's powerful. To know that you're reading prophecy versus reading poetry helps us in understanding God's word, doesn't it? So this is what we want to do. What do we do with God's word? We understand it. There are the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And these are, these are um, proclamation, right? They are, they are sharing a message. And, and the people who wrote them, they, they were true believers. They were firsthand accounts. And so we read the, the genre of gospel as these, these faith documents. They're announcing this this change, this world-changing moment and event. And within the Gospels, you find like a sub-genre where Jesus speaks in parables. He tells stories to make a point, right? What do we do with the Bible? We understand it. There's um, the uh, apocalyptic writings, okay? There's the book of Revelation, right? There's the book of Daniel. Um, and these are these, these prophetic books, and they, they use a lot of symbolic language. 
Um, they speak forward, but often also based on, on what has happened or what has occurred. And to understand you're reading apocalyptic scripture versus a narrative is very important. That's why when you read the book of Revelation, often the, you will find that, that, that John, often he says, um, it was like this, and it was like that, and it seemed like this, and it appeared like that, because he didn't even have the words to completely describe it. This was a prophetic writing, or excuse me, apocalyptic writing, just trying to explain, which is a lot different than a narrative or a this happened on this time and this day and this place with this person, right? And for us to understand that, it helps us in our, in our life of faith. It helps us in us understanding who God is. When, um, and then there's the epistles. That's, that's the last main example of genre, the epistles. And uh, of all the genres, the epistles are the ones that I would say... and you know, this is open to debate. It's just my opinion on this. I think you're the ones that we need to understand the most when we read them because the epistles are what are called occasioned texts. That means they were written for an occasion. They were written for a a specific reason, situation, circumstance. Often it was a response to a question or a response to a, a situation that happened. And so the letters that we find, that's what an epistle is. It's, uh, the letters of the New Testament were these communications that were to specific individuals at times. Or they were to specific churches. They were, or to specific groups of people that talked about a specific occasion. And I think that's very important for us to know. Because if we're trying to take something and apply it, and, and we take it out of context, well, then we could misapply Scripture. We're going to talk about context in, um, in two weeks as we, um, in this, as we conclude the Bible series. We're going to talk more about context. We're going to talk a lot about, more about context in our next series, Toxic Theology. <laughs> we're going to talk about some stuff that's been kind of mis, mishandled in regard to Scripture. Um, but all of these are occasioned texts. So what Paul did when he wrote the book of Romans, for example, he meant that this was an overarching uh, description of the Christian faith. But when he wrote 1 Corinthians, well, he starts off in, in uh, chapter 7 of it saying, now concerning the matters you wrote about. And then he answers them. It helps us. What do we do with the Bible? We understand it. We understand it. Right? The letters to Timothy were an occasion to encourage and guide him as, as a young leader in a challenging place. So these were these occasioned texts. And so understanding those circumstances that, that lead to them being writing written is very, very helpful. I would go so far as to say that if, if we don't account for genre when we read the Bible... That well, one, we, will mis- we could misunderstand it, but I think in some cases we would misapply it. And that could be dangerous. You know how, um, the, I don't, and I don't remember the age range, but some of y'all are in that right now. Or you, but like the age range of kids when they take everything literally, right? So parents, like when you're like, hey, go jump in bed. And then next thing you get, no, like you hear like, boing, boing, 
bling, bling. And what'd they do? They're jumping in bed because that's what you told them to do. Like there's that, there's that phase where like kids take everything you say like exactly for how you said it to them. And it, it's kind of cute and comical when we think about our kids. But friends, as followers of Jesus, as people on the journey of faith, at some, uh, we, need to, we need to make sure that we move beyond taking every single word and applying it exactly in the same way. And because and, 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 I think that's immaturity. I think we need to mature in our understanding of God's word and why it was written and who it was written to. And now what does it speak to us in this moment and allow the Holy Spirit to do that? It's that lack of understanding of scripture, what do we do with the Bible? I'm saying we understand it. It's that lack of understanding that has led in the history of, of humanity for some absolute atrocities to occur. I don't know if you know the, the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you ever get the opportunity to read about him, he, he was a, a, a modern day, if you count the 1940s, but... but martyr because he pushed back against the Nazis. He was a, a believer and he saw the church in Germany just going along with what the Nazis were doing. And he wouldn't stand for it. But the church justified. I mean, you look at slavery in our country and how the church justified See, it's a lack of understanding that could, that could lead us to misapply God's word and, and actually do damage. So what do we do with the Bible? What do we do? We understand it. Now, that comes through study. That comes through you know, doing reading plans. That comes through taking notes. That comes through when someone like me stands up and says, hey, turn to this book and this chapter and this verse. Yes, write it down, but you go and read it later. And you don't just read that verse, you read the whole context. You read the whole thing. You might find out I was wrong. You can come and tell me about it later, and I'm okay with that. Right? But you, we, we need to understand the Bible, we need to go deeper than, I'm just going to flip this thing open and read it and not even think about what all was going on for this to occur. What do we do with the Bible? Parents, grandparents, read this to your kids. Let it start to, to sink into them. Let the stories start to come alive. This will add depth later I highly, highly, highly recommend the Jesus Storybook Bible. And honestly, if, if you know someone or you are someone and you really have like zero zilch Christian churchy background, read the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is good. It is a good foundation. My goodness. It's good. I've mentioned before the Life Application Bible. It comes in many different uh, translations of scripture, but it's the, called the Life Application Bible because it is chock full of history and background and context. Love it. I love it. It's so good because we need to understand the Bible. This has become the key passage of this series. 
out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. It talks about God's word. It's alive. I want to read to you from the message just to give a little different slant to it slightly, changing the words a bit to make us hear a very familiar passage for a lot of us in a different way. What do we do with the Bible? Listen to what 2 Timothy 3 verses 15 and 17 says. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. This is what we do with the Bible. It says, through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. What do we do with the Bible? My goodness, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. That's what we do with the Bible. Porch community, this is what we do with the Bible. We allow it to shape us. We allow it to fill our hearts with all the richness, all the fullness that it contains, all the wisdom. This is what we do with the Bible. And I pray you are even slightly motivated to go a little bit deeper. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for its truth. I thank you for its power. I thank you for your goodness to us in it. I thank you for truth. I thank you for truth that like, like it says that sometimes it, it it does convict, it does show us our mistakes, it does reveal our rebellion, but that's okay because we want to be in right relationship with you. We need this. We, and, and God, I just pray that there is a desire for your word. I pray that, that we desire to read it. I pray we desire to understand it. I pray that we desire to, to take it in and to know more and to, to nerd out a little bit and go deeper and and. and understand it. And God, that understanding will come by your Holy Spirit. So I just pray that's the desire of our heart. Lord, that you would give us understanding of, of, of texts and, and passages that maybe we've, we've been wrestling with. God, I also pray you would give us understanding to texts that we thought we already had completely figured out. But you want to show us something more. You want to show us the richness and the depth of your word. Because you love us. You want to be in relationship with us through Jesus Christ. And you want us to share this message with the world. So God, would your word... Be something that we just can't put down. We, 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 we hunger for it. We desire it. <laughs> like your scriptures say, we devour it. God, thank you for revealing yourself to us through the Bible. Thank you for pointing us to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.